Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show podcast. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. And this week, we're hoping to be an antidote to the fresh horror of the restrictions on the rights of citizens to walk freely as themselves in every public and private place without fear. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. And I'm Sean Stefanik. There are so many reasons to use the power of pride to defend our rights and weaken the opposition. And we hope that you're inspired to take action on some of these issues that we talk about on our show today. Today, we'll be talking about the gun violence prevention news. Barry Graubert will be with us on the Supreme Court of the United States, the ruling that takes down New York State's 110-year requirement to provide compelling evidence for need before issuing a handgun permit. We will also have a report by GAG founding member Jay Walker on Pride, the Queer Liberation March, and the federal gun reform legislation that was signed into law by President President Biden this week. Also, our very own Sarah Jermaine Lilly will be talking about the Charleston anniversary and the Poor People's March. Thank you, Sean. Barry Graubart of Moms Demand Action has been a terrific resource for us over the years. He's been an amazing liaison to Moms Demand Action. And um, and we've been seeing a lot of him this month, haven't we? Um, he has spoken with us before about last fall about what it would mean if the Supreme Court would make the fatal decision to overturn safe gun laws. And now it looks like we have the follow-up conversation that we need to have. You're right. And we've known about this all along and our news outlets have really been letting us down uh, by not reporting more about it. But I saw Barry at, not just on Thursday night when the uh, Scottish decision came down, but also uh, at the Queer Liberation March yesterday. So I, I grabbed him and I asked him to explain the Supreme Court of the United States ruling on New York State's right to issue gun permits. Let's listen. Hi, so this is Sarah Germaine Lilly reporting for Radio Gag, and I'm here at the Queer Liberation March with Barry Grabart, who is one of our legal experts. And Barry, we'd, we'd love it if you could just break down for us what the Supreme Court restricted in terms of uh, gun laws and gun regulation with their ruling this week. Sure, thanks, Sarah. So, in the Supreme Court previous, what they knocked down this week was a pretty critical capability that New York and other states have had to say, if you want to carry guns here in New York City, for example, you should show just cause. You can't just carry a gun just because you want to. And we know that in other states they do have open carry, they have concealed carry laws where they're very flexible. But here we've always said that we can balance that with the community safety. And what the Supreme Court said was that no New York City, you don't, or New York State, you don't have the right to tell people that they cannot carry a gun where they wish to. Uh, building on the, you know, the, the 2008 decision of Heller where they said that 
you, you have a right to carry a gun and, and keep a gun in your home and, and that it's not just in the cause of a militia. So that's a big change here in New York and we will need to go and, and, and address it with uh, legislation because it, it, we can't, certainly we don't want to become Texas. Thank you. And can you give us a few points that we can expect our leaders to put into place uh, to keep us safer now that so many people will be permitted to carry guns? So what the court did not do was they did not push back on the idea of um, safe places, right? So you, you think of like a gun-free school zone or a courthouse. I noticed that the Supreme Court, in their decision, Clarissa specifically called out that a courthouse for example, should be one of those spots where you can't carry guns, surprise. Um, so New York, New York will be going back into a uh, legislative process to a special session this Thursday, uh, right after the primary election. And there'll be a couple of things on the, on the agenda. One is to clarify what those places can be and to allow local you know, municipalities to identify them as well. So we're standing here in Foley Square, right in front of the, the municipal courthouse. This should be a gun-free zone. This should not, you should not be able to carry a gun here. They'll be expanding on those, identifying parks, playgrounds, daycare centers, all these places where, where that should not occur. Uh, and, and hopefully, in a very broad sense, which will make it really difficult for people to carry guns without crossing into one of those spots. We also expect them to do things like put in higher fees so if if there's no obstacle to applying for that permit in new york city someone from broome county binghamton who's never going to be in new york city could just say well i'll apply for that well maybe if there's a thousand dollar fee with that application it would reduce the likelihood that people will be just you know choosing to, to apply uh, for that Okay. Well, those sound like two concrete ways that our leaders can step up and propose regulation that will keep us safer. Yeah, go ahead, Barry. Tell us more. So, so one of the things that it does not do, it doesn't change the fact that if I'm a resident of Broome County or Westchester County and I, I may have a gun permit there, that carry permit does not allow me to carry it into New York City. I would still need to apply for a separate permit for New York City. That doesn't change. The other thing that doesn't change is it doesn't instantly mean that your premises permit, the permit that you needed in order to buy and keep a gun in your home, it doesn't make that suddenly allow you to carry. You will still need to apply for a carry permit in each in, in the counties where you want to carry. So I, I just want to caution as bad as it as it is, and it's pretty bad. It doesn't mean that overnight everybody can have chaos. We'll have chaos here. The other thing I'd note is, you know, I look at our colleagues in Texas when they passed the open carry law in Texas. They went, the law in Texas said, unless you have a very specific language, it was like a 700-word poster in big type that you'd have to give up in, in your storefront. Unless you say you cannot carry guns and have all this language, then people could carry guns. That's not the case here in New York. The New York laws are such that unless a store or any kind of private building says, yes, you can carry guns here, you are not allowed to. So we will not have people walking into supermarkets being able to carry guns unless that supermarket says guns are welcome here. So this is horrible. It affects New York. It affects Massachusetts or five states. But we will be able to adapt with legislative language to make the impact of it much less than it otherwise could be. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing this important information with us today. Yours truly, Sarah Lilly with Barry Gravart of Moms Demand Action. He's the New York Legislative League. And uh, thanks for helping us be safer. Thanks, Sarah, for all you do. Now, Sean, how did you meet Antonius? Antonius was the first person on on the bus, literally, to come over and talk to me. Uh, the first gag action I did when we went down to the NRA headquarters to protest. And um, yeah, I had seen him at the meeting, and then uh, when we were both on the uh, on the bus that morning, we recognized each other. We sort of signaled, you know, come on, come on, come on. Come on. So we came over and uh, hit it off. He's a very smart, inspiring, endlessly intelligent, beautiful human being. Yes. And I got to know him when we were first working on Radio Gag. Gosh, it must have been 2018. And, uh, and he's on the show today. He's going to just tell us a little bit about his a new endeavor. He's on the board of Teachers Unified to End Gun Violence. He's a university professor. So let's listen to Antonius. This is Sarah Lilly, reporting for Radio Gag at this wonderful Queer Liberation March. I'm here with my friend Antonius Wiriajaya. And um, Antonius is on the board now of Teachers Unified to End Gun Violence. So uh, can you give us a little bit of an update? I know some stuff happened this week. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, Teachers Unify and how you found out about it and, and what you are planning to do. Sure, Teachers Unified and Gun Violence was founded by three teachers, Abby Clements, uh, Sarah Lerner, and also Sarah Beth Rosenberg. And uh, we are basically devoted to uh, ending gun violence, especially in the school setting. And um, we had a meeting on Wednesday where we spoke with many members. And um, there are going to be many more uh, events coming up. Oh boy! Woo! I'm actually just a board member for them, so I've been helping them in the back. This is an unbelievable outpouring yeah. of joy, rage, celebration, liberation, and protest all at one time. Yeah. Okay, so you're a board member. You know, I think this is something that professors, teachers, administrators, everyone involved in education needs to get on board here and fight back to make our schools a safe place. Exactly, and one of the things we have been talking about is um, how important it is also to support uh, black and brown communities, especially who have usually in the past had less funding. So we are focusing a lot on that. So true, you know, and my students, we recently participated in a national event that was called Enough Plays to End Gun Violence. And come to find out of this small group of fewer than 10 students that I had, Half of them had personally experienced gun violence, and their parents, who were in the audience, had tragic stories to tell. That's terrible. So, you know, you cannot understand how deeply this runs into the core of our culture now, and how many children are affected by 
gun violence, this epidemic. Right, and there are statistics that show that as a young person, the more uh, likely it is for them to be experiencing gun violence is because when they're younger, they're exposed to that kind of violence too. So um, it's definitely something that we are looking into and as teachers, something that we are very uh, responsible for. Well, thank you so much for talking with Radio Gag today. Have a great pride and thank you for being here and marching. You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, and I'm your host, Sean Stefanik. You may be wondering what you can do to end this growing epidemic of gun violence in America, especially now that the Supreme Court has acted to make guns more widely available in every state. Clearly, we need a broad and wide movement condemning gun violence and calling out our leaders to enact public health policies that effectively keep us safer. For that broad movement to happen, we need to spread the message that that's exactly what we need to do on Radio Gag. Please go now to WBAI.org and contribute to the Tower Fund. WBAI depends on the rental of the Tower in Times Square to continue bringing you Radio Gag every week. So now I'm really getting interested in uh, this crew. I love these stories about going to NRA headquarters. Tell us, we're going to listen to J.W. Walker next. When did you first meet Jay, Sean? Uh, Like Antonius, I first met Jay at that very first gag meeting that I can never forget. he he, t- he took the group selfie. We used to call Mary Ellen selfie. Sometimes it's the Jay Walker selfie. And so he took that. And uh, t- and actually, interesting, he was the first person to reach out to me on Facebook when he tagged me in that photo. So I actually did know him in name as well as put the, put the name to the face like the first person I actually knew who I knew him and knew who he was. Right. And when did you last uh, see Jay? Well, just this past weekend at the poster party for the QLM. Poster party? You mean the gag spray party at Lucky? How was that? It was real lucky. There was a lot of spray painting. There was a lot of pink and blue trans colors. And I made a new gag shirt for myself too. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great, great. Well, um, thank goodness we have Jay. We're going to hear from him right now. First, he's going to tell us about the federal legislation, the historic legislation that was passed this week. And then uh, he's going to tell us about Pride and the Queer Liberation March. So let's listen. Listeners, this is Sarah Lilly reporting for Radio Gag, and I'm with my friend Jay Walker, friend and activist. So, Jay, we know you've been very interested in the legislation going forward. It's been a big week. We did have President Biden sign this legislation into law this week. So can you tell us from your perspective a little bit about what this law covers and how the gun violence prevention community feels about this uh, legislation? Hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Um, In terms of this legislation, you know, any movement at the federal level after all of these years is is definitely a positive. It's definitely a move in the right direction. How many 
you know, of these horrific school shootings and horrific mass shootings generally have we had over the last 25 years where people clamored for legislation and clamored for something to be done at the federal level and then nothing was done. So the fact that something actually was done is definitely a positive. However, the, you know, what it, what, what this legislation did, I mean, you know, it has, it's a few things. There's one thing that was really good. I thought was closing the boyfriend loophole. The, you know, the fact that, you know, um, you know, if you're, if you were, if your spouse was abusive, um, then uh, action could be taken to restrict their access to firearms. But if it was a um, just a, an unmarried significant other who was abusive, there was nothing on the books to stop them from being able to get armed. So that was called the boyfriend loophole, and this legislation closed that. So that's really, really important. Domestic violence is a huge problem. Domestic violence frequently escalates to gun violence and mur and, and murder with um, with the use of a firearm. So I think that that is really great and really important. I think that the, you know, the rest of the bill, a lot of it was just seemed kind of nebulous and guidancey, like that it was sort of saying that the federal government will give resources to the state if the state wants to expand this or expand that. And that, you know, we saw from the way that the Affordable Care Act was implemented, you know, how easy it is for a state to ignore that kind of nebulous federal assistance to get something done. So many Republican-led states said, no, we're not going to take that Medicaid expansion. So we're just going to let our, our, our citizens um, not get health care when the federal government is literally offering to pay for their health care. So, you know, I mean, mind you, I, this, was, this was the best that you can get with a 50-50 Senate and a filibuster you know, very actively in in place. Um, so the fact that something was done, I think is definitely a positive. But the truth is that we know that mass shootings are inextricably linked with assault weapons. The vast majority of the mass shootings that happen in this country happen with assault weapons. And the fact that those assault weapons are there uh, makes the, the the body count and the injury count so much higher, and so you know that's the kind of thing that really needs to get done. Either um, you know they did put some things in to aid in in possibly a state to possibly limit the age at which someone can buy an assault weapon, but I felt that was incredibly nebulous. And the fact is that I always remember that the Las Vegas shooter was a middle-aged man. So an age restriction would have done nothing to stop that. What we need is an assault weapons ban like we had from 94 to 2004. Thank you for the powerful breakdown on that and the reinforcement of the idea that we must have an assault weapons ban. Well, let's talk about some happier times because we had a rocking pride yesterday here in New York City and you are an organizer of the Queer Liberation March. 
And you also posted some wonderful stuff about your day. So please report back on Pride from your perspective, J.W. Walker. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful day. Um, I co-founded the Reclaim Pride Coalition and the and the Queer Liberation March, and so uh, this was the fourth annual one. Um, this year, uh, we after the Supreme Court uh, leak that occurred, um, we entitled this year's Queer Liberation March the Queer Liberation March for uh, Trans and BIPOC Freedom, Reproductive Justice, and Bodily Autonomy. So it was really, um, you know, once that decision came out on Friday, we were already in place to really put uh, reproductive justice and and the right to an abortion um, front and center. It was already gonna be front and center. So that was really meaningful. Um, you know, my day was really busy. Um, the uh, BIPOC caucus within uh, Reclaim Pride held a great ceremony at the African burial ground which is uh, down on um, Duane Street and Elk Street, about a block away from Foley Square, which is where the Queer Liberation March stepped off from. So we had a really great ceremony called Honoring the Ancestors, um, just to um, give a grounding and centering place for members of the African diaspora who are LGBTQIA2S. So that was a, that was my start of the day. Then I went into Foley. We had a little a little little repast that was in part donated by a, a local restaurant. Then uh, in Foley Square, by the time I got into Foley Square at uh, about twelve fifteen, there were already already over over a thousand people there. We had published that the gathering time was one o'clock, but people <laughs> wanted to get there. Even though it was the hottest day of the year, they were there at 12 o'clock. They, um, they filled the shady part of, um, there's a little shady park area in Foley Square and everyone just sort of hung out there at the beginning. Um, and then we had a quick, you know, a few words uh, before the march, then we stepped out onto the march. Uh, it was literally tens of thousands of people. We filled up about 15 to 20 city blocks along the length of the march. We were partnered with um, QDEP, which is the Queer Detainment uh, Empowerment Project, which works with um, with immigrants, specifically undocumented immigrants who have gone through the detainment process or are going through the detainment process, and uh, as well as our um, our other co-lead, which was Thank God for Abortion, which is a great group that um, has been doing marvelous reproductive justice work for, for a number of years. Um, it was, you know, the, the, the people of New York uh, in our communities and our allies just came out in force. It was a hot day, but we we uh, we had a wonderful, powerful march. People were able to to just sort of stand up to um, what I see as a group of partisan political operatives masquerading as Supreme Court justices. Um, people who lied their way through their confirmation hearings in order to get on the court. And now they are just issue after issue after issue, pushing a far right and a far religious right. And a, in, in many ways, a white supremacist agenda across the board between the Miranda 
um, the ruling basically, you know, saying that, oh, cops don't have to uh, tell a, an arrestee their, their Miranda rights, uh, can question them without ever telling them that they have the right to an attorney, um, to obviously the gun, um, the, the gun decision, which literally says that every single person in this country has the right to, to walk around in public places uh, strapped, horrific. And then, of course, the um, the just the just abominable decision to overrule Roe versus Wade, uh, and then we just heard today that they um, issued a um, another decision saying it's perfectly all right for an educator in a public school to lead um, lead students in uh, in prayer uh, into a particular religion. Um, they are trying to send this country back to the early 19th century, and it's, it's it's shocking. So people were enraged, people were outraged, but they were together in community yesterday at Pride, and that was the beautiful thing. We're there to support, we're there with resolve. We're going to have to use that resolve for the upcoming months leading into the election uh, this fall and beyond. Um, and I think that that folks will, will will keep that energy moving forward. Great. Thank you so much, J.W. Walker, for joining us today, a founding member of Gays Against Guns. And <laughs> boy, it was fun to be at the uh, at the QLM March with everybody yesterday. And I, there wasn't another place in the world that I could imagine being. It was wonderful. Gays Against Guns like showed up beautifully. Um, the human beings were amazing, representing trans victims of gun violence. We got to say that there have been uh, over thirty in the last year, and we tried to represent every single one of them this year. Um, it was a it was a, a powerful presentation by Gays Against Guns. Yeah. So everybody out there listening, if you want to have some fun and you want to do some great work, join up with Gays Against Guns. You cannot lose. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. You know, I've been very, very fortunate enough to sit on a few committees with Jay, uh, including, you know, Gays Against Guns, the uh, committee with the Queer Liberation March, the very first year itself as an active member, and with Rise and Resist. And I have to tell you, he is one of the most amazing, inspirational people and a mentor when it comes to great organizing. I went to a march that was incredibly well organized, uh, the Poor People's March in Washington, D.C. I've been following the Reverend William Barber for some time, and I met the most amazing gentleman from South Carolina there. And it happened to be the march was on the 18th, and I knew that the 17th was the anniversary of the Charleston Massacre. So I said to him, uh, how did you mark the anniversary in Charleston? And he told me the most amazing story about the AME Mother Emanuel Church and the um, event there. So let's listen to Jerome Smalls of Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so it makes a lot of sense that uh, you'd be at the march. Uh, it was great. And you told me that you were, uh, the night before, you were at the um, memorial at Mother Emanuel because you're from Charleston. Can you tell me about that? 
Yeah. So, so, so it's very frustrating for us to see them allow these people to come here and recruit. It has made us so damn angry that yeah. I almost wanted to uh, uh, pretend to be like an ISIS or Al Qaeda person and actually counsel for a permit to recruit here. It's it's unbearable. It's unbearable. And then when you see these actions repeated in Buffalo. And they just want to throw up their hands and say, oh, there's nothing we can do. Oh, my God. What, what's gonna, what is it going to take for the, the title of terrorism to be placed on these people? Jerome, thank you so much for being on Radio Gag. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns NYC on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about our upcoming actions. Feel free to come to a meeting. Here in New York, we, we meet once a month on Thursday at 7 p.m. in Manhattan at the LGBT Center on 13th Street on, on, and on Zoom. 
Our next meeting is Thursday, July 21st, where we'll be planning all kinds of great actions and protests. So please join us. Everybody is welcome at any and all GAG events and meetings. And remember, all are welcome to come to GAG meetings. And you can join us on Zoom by signing up at gagsignup at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we're here on every Tuesday at 2.30 and on WBAI 99.5 FM. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you now with our fabulous singing quartet. Sing out, Louise. Take me out at the ball game. Shoot me down at the bar. Come to the movies and watch us fall. Come to church, come to school, kill us all. We'll unblock, block, block any gun laws. Sell your soul, have no shame. Yes, it's one, two, three strikes we lose at the old gun game.